The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you for joining me today on the program Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. We have two guests today. The first is Sean Tice. Sean is the president of Life Factors Fatherless Ministries. And he has a lot to say for those without fathers and those that are overcoming things from their past. Second segment will be with Joel Noble from Samaritan Ministries. And uh, that is the company that provides alternative type uh, coverage for health care instead of insurance. And let me tell you something, friends. You need to hear what Joel has to say. If you have Obamacare, you really want to know that there's a big increase coming this fall. Right now, let's go to our interview with Sean Tice. You know, there are a lot of reasons why we have Sean here. He has a ministry to the fatherless. And just a few stats to make you realize just how important this need is, that we find ways to bridge the gap for the Americans that are fatherless. 85% of youths in prisons grew up in a home without a dad. 80% of rapists motivated with displaced anger come from fatherless homes. And in studies of over 25,000 children using nationally representative data sets, children who lived with only one parent had lower grade point averages, lower college aspirations, poor attendance records, and higher dropout rates. So this need is huge. And on the line is a person who's dedicating his life, his ministry, his vocation, all wrapped up in helping eradicate this need. Sean Tice from Vegas, welcome to my program. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, you you know, we discuss these stats, and you live in this world every day. Uh, It is a big need, and it seems to be getting worse. Would that be your take? Yes, it continues to get worse and worse, it seems like, every year. (laughs) It's not, uh, you know, with with fatherlessness, it's—the thing is, the fatherless make the fatherless. And unless you stop that, it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. You know, that is a true statement. Uh, the mistakes that uh, women make as well, like, like with uh, marriage and men make with marriage, it happens in this arena in the same way in that what starts off with one failed marriage, you would think, I mean, it would be reasonable to think that it's not going to happen that way again, that they'd learn the lessons. But sadly, it's often replicated, right? Yeah, it's... Yeah. It happens a lot of times. I mean, there's a lot of single moms that they they, they stop and they're like, I'm done. I, you know, I don't want to be with another man. And um, but there are ones out there that they're, you know, they're almost addicted to that. There's some women that are addicted to that uh, abusive mentality of, of, you know, whether it's physically or mentally. So they continue to go back to these different types of men. Uh, there's a wide variety of you know issues, and a lot of times they're looking for love. I mean, there's there's uh, you know men and women they're just looking for love. Women. Um, one of the things that we teach in our ministry is girls, they, they look for security and they, that dads provide security and they, and they don't have, they don't have a dad to give that to them. They find it in a young man or in a, in a, an adult man. And so then they continue that throughout life, trying to find that security. And honestly, the only real hope and security that they're ever going to find is, is through God, you mm-hmm. know, through God as their father. It, and so it, when they continue that progression, it, it just keeps going and going. And, and then they, you know, they end up in all these different relationships that they, didn't really want to be in probably some of them, but they, you know, they think this is where I'm going to find my security. Yeah. And you found that you were coming into this, having a lot of experience uh, in, in a home without a dad as well, right? Yes. I grew up without a dad. My dad came home when I was about nine months old um, in a drunken rage, and he threw my mother and my brother and my sister out of her home. But for some reason, he wanted to keep me, the little nine-month-old baby. And so my mom, in a panic, she went to the, the neighbor's house. They got the cops to show up, and they showed up, and my, they demanded that my dad hand me over to them. And instead of gently handing me over, he took me, and he threw me across the room to the cops. And I'm glad to say that cop could catch, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but wow. That, uh, 
Um, that, that cop caught me, but that's when I really believe my father's journey started when my dad threw me across the room. Yeah. Um, he, he got on a bus then soon after that in our hometown of Pennsylvania and went back to his hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada, which is where I'm at now doing fatherless ministry. And that's where he lived. Uh, so yeah, I grew up fatherless. My, I, I experienced it. I saw my mom as a single mom and then I lived with my grandparents for a long time as well. So those are the three areas that we focus as a ministry. It's fatherlessness, single moms and grandparents raising grandkids. Right. And that is, again, all of those things are in um, no short supply today. Uh, Just a quick question about that to follow up. Your dad's being there in Vegas. Would that have a a motivation as to why you ended up in that particular region? Well, I didn't really want to live in Vegas. Yeah, honestly, there was times in my life where I thought maybe I'd go there and do ministry. Uh, The thing is, my my dad grew up fatherless, and his, his dad... Uh, died when he was about 13. Well, he had a younger brother that was 10 years old, and and he, you know, his he was fatherless as well. Well, he decided he was going to do what was right and cope through, uh, through God and, and fatherlessness. He wasn't always perfect, but he was able to overcome it. And he ended up starting a church about 45 years ago out in Las Vegas. And through that, he is, he's got a pretty big church out here, Liberty Baptist Church, and then his son started another church, Southern Hills Baptist. So we have a, we have a, a network of family out here and churches that we already knew. And then we had a couple other churches that we were already at. So it, it was a place for us to do ministry, and we were presented with an opportunity um, out here to work with different programs, with um, a, a hockey program that worked through the police department here at United Hockey, and then also um, a through the church doing Bible clubs, and then the goal is to, to do it all over the city. But it's kind of a rede- it's a redeeming opportunity because this is where my dad grew up fatherless. This is where he lived when I was fatherless. But God set it all up. Honestly, I a year ago um, we just been presented with the opportunity about a year ago, and at that point I'm like I don't know that I want to do that, but I knew God wanted us to come out here and and launch a launch a chapter, a pilot model of our ministry and then take that model and go to other cities across America. Now, you started off, uh, obviously, with this kind of a situation, being fatherless yourself. Uh, How did you come to know God as your father? Well, thankfully, my mom had a cousin that was a bus captain in the local church in Pennsylvania, and he invited my mom to bring us to church on the bus as a family. And so we rode the bus. I was a baby. Um, I I believe it was before my dad left that we, we started riding the bus to church. And so through that church, I grew up in that church. I rode the bus. My mom, she eventually became the bus captain, and we started driving ourselves to church. I went to the Christian school that that church had. And so I was able to grow up in church through that, um, and th- that was definitely a blessing. And I had these, these mentors that um, you know poured into my life and showed me, and, they, and God used them to father me. Mm. Um, I had my, gran- my grandfather fathered me up till sixth grade when he passed away. Then I had a youth pastor that came into my life, and he started pouring into me spiritually and um, mentally and emotionally and all these things and teaching me different things. And I had youth leaders, and I had just all these different people in my church. And so I was, I was surrounded by church. We were there constantly. And so the, through that, I was able to, um, when I was four years old, I trusted in Jesus as my Savior. Um, and then through church, I went to a youth camp and where I, where I made assurance of my salvation in seventh grade. And just all these different decisions I made, 15 years old, I went with that church to a youth conference and decided that God was calling me into full-time ministry. Oh, so it was just incredible. a journey. Yeah, a journey with that church. And so if you're listening to this and you are a single mom or a grandparent raising grandkids, it's very important for you to get into a Bible based church, a church that teaches the truth of the Word of God, teaches the gospel, and get get your kids into that church and have them grow up in that church and, and have them involved in the different events because it can change their life. And it did yours. And that's what's so exciting yeah. to hear for all of the things. I mean, your story of being thrown across the room by your biological dad uh, in, a, in a fit of rage is is so sad. It's beyond words to describe, but yet the, the tender love of God our Father calling you in at a young age and even uh, in, in that time frame of realizing that now you're going to be full-time in ministry, that's the calling that he had on you. That is so encouraging for people out there who are fatherless themselves or for moms who are single moms and they have that burden. Now, one of the things I, I know you have a big, as you said, a, a big area of your ministry is aimed at helping single moms. In this day and age, what are you finding the, their greatest need, a single mom, to be? Well, one of the things when we traveled, uh, we traveled for three years. We went to probably around 180 churches in three years, different events and things like that we spoke at. 
And one of the main things that we saw was single moms were just crying out for help. They they didn't feel a lot of times connected to their local church. They they felt like uh, nobody cared for them. Sometimes they did. Sometimes the churches were doing it. But the churches, uh, and to give the churches you know, relief, they they honestly they didn't uh, they didn't know what to do with them. They didn't know how to minister to them. And so the single moms would say, "Well, nobody will spend time with my kids." And and so it was just you know it was a struggle there. So we're trying to bridge that gap. And honestly, the single moms they just want to be connected. They want to have a place where they feel like they're they're part of. And so one of the things we started in Las Vegas in February was a single mom journey group, which is based off the name of our devotional, the single mom journey. And what we did was we started this group every week. We can meet up and we just advertise it on Facebook, put it out there. We already have a network of about 30 single moms that are in this network. Like, you know, depending on what, what what's going on, they come you know to the group. We average between 12 and 17 women that show up usually, like 11 to 17, and then they, they come every week and and they get to to have communi- communication with each other, get to learn a lesson. And one of the things that they say is, I was praying for a group like this, or I was looking for a group like this, or I was about to look for a group, or I was about to pray because they wanted that community. You know, we even have women on there that that have um, they work at the church or they they're a teacher and they they say there's just no place for me to be involved. You know, the, the singles group doesn't work for me. The the couples group doesn't work for me. I don't feel like I fit in any of these places. And so it's just great to have a place of community. So that's one of the things. They just, they're looking for community. They're looking for some people that they can talk to about their unique situation. And so that's what we're trying to provide for that and provide them unique training. We had a single mom reach out to us in, from Georgia recently, and she was just was crying out saying, I don't know what to do with my kids. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how to help them. You know, she, my, my, my boys are they're acting out. So we just gave her advice on what to do. And we told her, you know, just give her some advice. And she was just looking for some help uh, for some. And she said, told us recently that she connected with a, a old pastor friend that's been kind of mentoring her through this and using our book to help her with it. So they're just looking for people to help guide them on this journey because they're, they've kind of been, a lot of times been thrown into this and they didn't, they didn't expect it. They didn't want it, but they're just trying to work through it. And single moms are heroes, but they just need some help. You know, they need some encouragement. Now, you give that encouragement through this ministry called Life Factors Fatherless Ministries. Uh, tell us how that ministry works. Are you on the road full-time? Are, are you, um, do you base out of Vegas and then do occasional retreats? How does that work? Well, we've been doing this ministry for over 14 years now, and so what we've come down to is five things that we do. The first thing is we spread awareness, spread awareness about fatherlessness, help people understand what's going on with this issue, because it's an epidemic, and so many things in our nation are coming from fatherlessness, you know, different things you wouldn't even probably realize uh, a lot of times, like, like for example, abortion. 71% of pregnant teenage girls come from fatherless homes. Wow. And so what can we do about that? So we try to spread awareness about it and help people understand what's happening with this issue, that it's affecting uh, our nation. You know, there's issues such as homosexuality. Um, you know, that, that it, not every time, but sometimes it comes from fatherless homes. You know, it could be abuse. It could be the, the people that they got, they got around. It could be the connections that they, they made in college or school. It could, you know, the, the influential people that were in their lives. But sometimes it's fatherlessness where they get into that lifestyle, and that's, that's how they go down that path. There was a guy in California named Dr. Joseph Nicolasi, and he was his job was basically people would go to him and say, I don't want to be a homosexual. I don't want to have these feelings. Can you help me work through this? And I want to be a heterosexual again. And he was quoted at saying, I've worked with thousands of homosexuals. I've never seen one who had a loving, respectful relationship with their father. Mm. And that's what that's what he said. That's not for me. But sometimes the homosexual lifestyle, I mean, crime, um, drug and alcohol addiction, mental illness, suicide, all these things come from this. We spread awareness about that. We also create unique resources. We've written books. We have one for fatherless guys, for fatherless girls, for single moms. Our, our girls and guys books can be used for up from uh, 10 years old up through senior adults have used our books to work through their fatherless issues. Uh, they cover the top 30 things you would deal with in those situations. We pulled other people and tried to figure it out. We also have children's books for fatherless children, for motherless children, and for orphan and foster care children. We have a website, godismydad.com. On there, there's videos for single moms, for fatherless individuals, and for grandparents raising grandkids. There's online communities you can get plugged into. There's live training, all kinds of content. We have our mobile app actually just got released, our second version of it. 
uh, got released in the Apple and Google Play Store just these last couple of days. And so that's out there. Those are unique resources we've developed. We're going to continue to develop resources. We do speak. We go um, on little tours. We have. We used to travel full-time, but we go on little tours throughout the year. A um, couple times a year, we go on like a five-week tour, and we'll go to different events and churches and mm-hmm. go and speak at different places. And then we also partner with local churches across America and give them training and resources and tools and just help them as they minister to the fatherless locally. And then we're also establishing those local God is My Dad chapters, one in Las Vegas right now, and then we're also going to launch one here in Dixon, Tennessee, which is outside Nashville. And then the, the goal for those is to make a model that we can take to other cities, similar to Fellowship of Christian Athletes, mm-hmm. FCA, where they go into a city and they set up a shop and they minister to the athletes. We're doing the same type of thing as we're going into cities and set up a shop and ministering to the single moms and ministering to the fatherless and, and directing them to churches that care about them and resources that can help them and just trying to be a, a light to these families in such a dark issue. What area? You've mentioned a few already that you've worked on in the past and set up these shops and these uh, seminars and all. What, what are you working on right now? What's ahead for you in 2022? Right now, we're doing a big promotion for Father's Day. I mean, that's one of our big things yeah. happening as we're pushing it out there. We have stuff on GodIsMyDad.com for the fatherless. Uh, we have a Father's Day page. We have a pep talk video for them. We have a devotional for fatherless individuals, a three-day devotional that they can get access to. It's on the, actually on the Uversion app, We and, and they can go in there and access that. Uh, we also have on LifeFactors.org, we have a guide on ministering to the fatherless around Father's Day, and so they can access that. Um, we have resources on, on LifeFactors.org to help them minister to single moms and fatherless all year. Uh, we're going to be on tour in July. Part of July, we'll be out there on the road. Uh, we're building this chapter in Las Vegas, uh, trying to minister to the fatherless out here, looking for more churches in the city, um, trying to build a network. We're actually this coming Friday doing a, uh, a luncheon with pastors in Vegas, trying to get more momentum and people to get involved and do that. So just building this chapter, getting the word out. Um, we're going to be writing some more more books and resources, um, building our YouTube presence. We have a God is My Dad YouTube channel. So really the digital side is something really we've been focusing on lately. And then the local chapters and then just really just ministering across the country through digital means, uh, through our website and things like that. So, yeah, it's been a lot of work trying to re- – we've just rebuilt GodIsMyDad.com. We just rebuilt our mobile app. And so it's just it's been exciting to see all the things we've been able to accomplish since we've been off the road for a, a little bit. Now, is uh, that website, GodIsOurDad.com, is that your primary website? GodIsMyDad.com is for fatherless families and for for, to, for them to go directly to, single moms, grandparents, raising grandkids. LifeFactors.org, our ministry is LifeFactors Fatherless Ministries. God is my dad's one of our, one of our mm-hmm. brands okay. that we have. LifeFactors.org is a place for churches and Christians that want to help the fatherless. And so that's that's our, our website where you can go and, and get plugged in. Um, you can donate if you want to, want to help our ministry. And there's all kinds of things you can do on lifefactors.org. Um, if you want to get plugged into our email list, you can text to the number 66866, the word dad. Not 666. Okay, we're not that kind of ministry. <laughs> six, six, yeah, they gave me that number. They assigned that number to us. But 66866, text the word dad to that number. You can be opted into our email list and be able to stay in touch with us. Or you can go to our website. You can go to godsmandad.com and get a free devotional and sign up for an email list there or lifefactors.org. There's tools there. But yeah, there's all kinds of resources that we've developed to help these families and to help people that want to help them. I really love your uh, that one website, GodIsMyDad.com. That is so helpful. And Sean, Sean Tice, my guest here in this segment, thank you so much for being with us. And the Lord bless you on the work that you're doing. It is so noble. It is so biblical to give care for the fatherless, to give care for those that are without a husband. God bless you for all that you do, Sean. God bless you. Thank you so much for having, having me on and highlighting our ministry. Well, it's our joy to do that. Sean Tice. Time to take a break. On the other side of this break, we'll be back with Joel Noble. Again, Americans with Obamacare insurance are facing a large, large increase coming around November. Don't go away. Listen to these details coming up in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Welcome back here to segment two of Afternoons with Mike. On the phone with me is Joel Noble. Now, Joel has been on my program before, actually a couple of times. He is with Samaritan Ministries, and it is great to have you back, Joel. Thanks for coming by here on the phone. Thanks for having me, and it's great to be back. 
it really is always good to talk to you. I, I really have, uh, and people who know us know that we have and were uh, just blessed by Samaritan, first discovering them back in 2018. And one of the first things that I, I did want to talk to you about uh, is this whole issue of uh, this big increase that's coming. I know we talked a little bit about that in segment one as well. But uh, just in case people miss segment one, and they've just tuned in, uh, we went to Samaritan uh, we discovered you guys in a real way. Uh, you could say that it was almost by default because as the old saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> and so when you have a need for insurance and you find out that traditional insurance is either not going to work for you or it costs way too much money, um, then you start looking for alternatives to that. And and that's when we discovered Samaritan back in 2018. I was going to be going into Medicare at that point. My wife was still years away from that. And we needed coverage. And the Obamacare insurance policy, with me dropping off, Joel, and all of this was sold to us under the guise of being affordable insurance, the Affordable Care Act. And we found out, though, that our monthly premiums just for Cindy, who was in good health, was going to be $1,800 a month for the premium. And so that was shocking. And that was in early 2018. Now we find out that a surefire increase later this year for those who still have Obamacare. Sure. So last year, um, President Biden, uh, in his stimulus that the legislature, the Congress passed, um, cut the cost of that insurance on the exchange. So it increased the subsidies. Um, And so those uh, were temporary. Uh, It was only meant to last for a year. So those are going to come back um, due, basically, it's in um, early November. And so um, actually right before the midterm elections, which is where a lot of the angst, at least for the politicians, lies, because without those subsidies, um, it's roughly going to be about a 53 percent increase. So so when you talked about the uh, insurance for Cindy being 1800, so in a lot of states, it's going to be an 1800 dollar increase. Not that it's going to go to $1,800. It's going to go up $1,800. Oh, my um, goodness. Like in my state of Illinois, um, a map that I looked at, and it was looking at 60-year-olds making under 75000 So that older population that's not quite on Medicare yet, it, was going to, it, it will increase for them without the subsidies $2,079. So that's not their actually monthly. That's what it's going to go up. So they're looking at... Um, Upper upper twos, low three thousand a month uh, for insurance, and they're already and, paying probably over a thousand a month already. Yeah. And so you're talking about, like you said, upper twos to over three thousand yeah. dollars, not annually, every month as a every premium. Month. Yeah, and that doesn't count uh, things like deductibles or copays mm-hmm. or anything at all like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so that is that's that time bomb that's that's waiting to go off. And if you watch the news at all, there's a couple senators that, in terms of <clears throat> the economics, are a little bit of thorn in the side of their colleagues, Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. Um, and so they're looking at Manchin heavily, and so a lot of it is going to depend on um, where he goes on renewing this. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, to his credit, been a you know fiscal hawk and uh you know sees the cost that these subsidies um you know took um across from everybody and um so i know that i you know there a lot of backroom <laughs> dealing i think is probably going on to try to get these renewed um just because i mean it is going to be a huge expense you know coming back and then on a political you know scheme or 
scope right before the midterm elections. Yeah, that so, one that one wasn't thought out by uh, by yeah. those in charge too well, was it? Yeah. No. <laughs> it uh, it looked good the November they passed it. Um, but now it's, you know, as they say, the chickens are coming home to roost in this next election. So and, they got to figure that out. And those are some expensive chickens right there. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the other thing. I mean, really, we, we have to find some levity in any part of this because of the truth of the matter is there's not a lot of levity in any of it. Uh, it is so sad to see what is going on right now. But since yeah. that one year ago... Um, uh, kind of like a lowering, which was artificial, and it was temporary, and it really wasn't uh, a lowering. It wasn't like a fix. It was just a subsidy. Like you said, Mm -hmm. the government is basically uh, paying some of the bill for what is going to be then later stuck to every individual in America. But the other thing that has happened since that time is that inflation has run away in every other aspect in every other category, and you just take uh, groceries and, if nothing else, fuel and groceries. Those are two areas that have also, in some ways, now more than doubled. And, you know, there's there's just got to be a, a stopping point here with all of this, but it doesn't seem like we're seeing any stopping point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, would be hard enough to see your insurance go up, you know, a thousand, two thousand a month, but your gas has gone up twice as much. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you're, you know, you're paying twice as much for the gallon of milk than you did a year ago. So, like you said, it's it's all just compounding, and um, it's, you know, probably going to be crushing for a lot of people. Unfortunately, um, I mean, as everything everything goes up, um, and yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's scary in a lot of ways. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, and so um, that's what. Uh, and we've always, you know, at least at Samaritan, tried to not always be dependent on the monthly cost. You know, because those kind of things change, and it's it's great now as things are going up to have an affordable alternative to insurance. Um, but we realize, you know, there's times where there, you know it's not going to be the cheapest thing. And so, you know, and then we try to make sure that community and uh, availability and things like that. So um, because like you said, things, things change, things mm-hmm. go up and down. And so um, while, you know, it's, it's great that we're out here now as, as, you know, a good affordable uh, alternative, you know, that's not always the selling point. And, you know, we try to put community out there also. And you do a good job at that. And I think it's important to note, uh, when I was giving the illustration earlier, which is not an illustration, by the way, it was the it was our it was our reality. Yeah. It's exactly what we went through when we were faced with that um, realization that that was not going to be for us an option. And that is going to be doubled down for sure with just hundreds, if not thousands of people. Uh, tens of thousands of people are going to be in the same boat we were, and they're going to be looking for an alternative. Now, when we mention insurance companies, and then we use in the same breath Samaritan Ministries, it, it is wise, is it not, to delineate the fact that Samaritan is not a traditional insurance company. In fact, it's not insurance at all. It's a sharing ministry. So for those who are not familiar with that distinction, can you give us a definition as to what that means? Yeah. So healthcare sharing, like Samaritan, is direct sharing of medical needs. So the example I always use is my own family. Um, Every month, I'm writing a check or I'm going to go on to PayPal or maybe another, you know, pay service to send the money to the member that got assigned to me. So that member that got assigned to me had an actual medical need. Let's say they broke their leg and they have, you know, $5,000 in medical bills. So they've submitted that to the ministry, to Samaritan. We're going to process that. And then we assign other members to send what we call their share to them. And so he's going to receive my 530 and probably nine other 530s dollar checks or, you know, transfers to his PayPal account. And he's going to use that 
to then go pay his bills. In the same way, like when my kids were born, um, I went to the hospital ahead of time, you know, negotiated a, a flat rate for that birth, and I received about a dozen checks in the mail, went and paid my doctor uh, yeah. with that. And so, again, other than, you know, some admin um, that's, you know, clearly laid out for the members of, of, you know, when they start and on their anniversary, the money's always directly member to member. So unlike insurance that's pooling or, you know, it's going, you know, to the actual group, we're direct sharing. So it's member to member. And that really does work. It sounds confusing when a person first looks at it, mm-hmm. because I think most every American is a, a bit of a creature of habit. We don't like change, and yet there is massive change that's being thrust on every individual in our country right now. So uh, we used to use a, a phrase in our church years ago. I still say it all the time because it's true. Constant change is here to stay. <laughs> so if there's one thing that is is really not going to change is the fact that everything is changing. And yeah. it's it's going to it's going to get worse before it gets better on this one. And uh, so this sharing thing we found to be surprisingly easy. I mean, you guys have really your act together in a uh, a very positive way in in other words to you differentiate this thing like you said it's called a share instead of paying a premium there's no premium mm-hmm. per se but you do have a target amount that you're known and let me just say it is far 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 less than what any insurance company would have for a premium and i think i can safely say that would would that not be the case still Yes, it is. And so, I mean, as I, you know, said, we don't, you know, always try to look at the price, but it is a reality that it is much more affordable. Um, currently, um, a family of seven and under is $530. Um, the members, you know, uh, vote on if that needs to go up, and they, they did vote. And so right now it's 530 but that's going to go up to $596. Um, so, I mean, a modest increase, but still an increase. So, you know, July on, uh, it'll be, you know, for that family size, 596. Uh, but to give you kind of comparison, I've been a member and, and been, you know, an employee for 21 years. So when my family started, it was just two of us. And then quickly after that three, it was 175. So in 21 years, I've seen it go from 175 to now 596 next month. Mm-hmm. So roughly four. $421, my math is right. So even at 596 which, you know, can be still a lot for folks, depending on where they're at, um, in 21 years, that's been less than $500 increase mm-hmm. over that time. And I, rem- I remember looking at insurance before I came here, and it oh my was, goodness. Yeah. You know, it was, even back 20 years ago, it was about $900, uh, you know, and that was without maternity. Um, and so I can't, I mean, like you said, with your wife, 1800, it, you know, it would probably, I would probably be in that category of a couple thousand dollars, mm-hmm. um, at least, um, you know, for, for my family. And that's, that's really not something that most people can afford. It used to be your house was your most expensive thing. And in the last couple of years, it's actually changed to health insurance. Our, our largest expense monthly is no longer a mortgage, it's health insurance. And, and that's and not so, a real item. That's not real estate. It, yes, it is not it going is to be not. anything that's got an investment, except the fact that you, unless you just want to be paying monthlies until Jesus comes uh, for yeah. your, your uh, trips to the ER, or whatever, when that's uh-huh. needed, uh, we we all have to have it. And yet it is, like you said, it's more expensive now than a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. And, and that is yep. just boggling to my mind. So when you know, it's not surprising that expenses uh, are up in 21 years. So are salaries, and that's that's mm-hmm. to be accepted So uh, we, and, and expected. But the, the truth of it is, is again, when you compare even that rate that you were just giving us a while ago, what it costs you right now, uh, that, that, that is less than half of what we were going to be doing for one person in uh, 2018 
uh, for one, my, my wife, one person was going to be $1,800 a month. And so when you take this change, once this change happens later this year, uh, that that is going to jump up. The, uh, it, I think it's important to note, friends, that those rates that you're talking about may or may not be uh, what it would be for a couple or even a family of four. It's going to be a lot more than that because, again, the, the discounts are, are not what they used to be for children or whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because even if you're looking now and, you know, folks that look and say, well, it's fairly compar- comparative, um, I mean, all that is, especially on the exchange, is highly subsidized. And so, you know, like they're seeing it, when, if and when that goes away um, at the end of the year, um, it's going to be, you know, like I said, a, a huge, you know, time bomb is about to happen. Oh, yeah, it is going to be really, really unthinkable. Uh, how did this mm-hmm. whole thing come about, uh, the formation of Samaritan? Where Was that... Uh, I, I really am foggy right now in the memory of its origin. How did uh, who who was it that came up with this? So, uh, our president and founder, um, a gentleman named Ted Pittenger, he was actually a member of a another group similar to us um, in the uh, late '80s, early '90s. That group came about um, when that founder of, of that group in the 80s was in an, an accident, a car accident, and unfortunately lost a couple family members. Himself and another family member were badly injured, and he was part of a, a rescue um, mission, I believe. And so in their newsletter, they just put out an, an appeal saying um, that, you know, this car accident happened, they have a lot of medical needs. And it'd be very similar to, you know, if you're uh, church got up, your pastor got up and said, you know, this this you know person in our church needs help, and they took up a collection. Or like and a GoFundMe so, thing, type yeah, thing. Yeah. And so he realized, well, if they can do this, you know, for me, maybe there's something in this. And looking back at the early church in, in Acts where they, you know, had everything in common and shared out of their abundance, um, realized maybe this is a way to, you know, take care of medical needs. And it's interesting because health insurance is a fairly new concept, you know, basically World War II with price controls that came about. Before Mm -hmm. that, this is really how it it took place. Your community helped you, a fraternal organization, the farms around you and stuff. So in that sense, um, we're actually traditional. (laughs) That's right. Insurance is is a new player. That's funny. Hey, hold that thought right there. I'm up against a break. We're going to take a quick break. Joel Noble is with me today from Samaritan Ministries. We'll be right back. Back again here for a final segment, Joel Noble from Samaritan Ministries. We were talking at the end of the last segment, Joel, and I had to interrupt you and apologize for that. But uh, go ahead and pick that back up again. We were talking about the fact that in a real sense, the kind of sharing that uh, Samaritan does and has done from the beginning over 20 years now of being around is really the truth of it is it's it's really more of a traditional thing. And if you look at the book of Acts, uh, there's not an insurance company that <laughs> around that can go back to the book of Acts. So so you guys have been around a lot longer and doing this, uh, this concept a whole lot longer than insurance companies. Yeah. Yeah, like I was saying, insurance is, is you know, a newer, newer concept. And, um, you know, before insurance came about, it really was communities coming together or fraternal associations, the church, um, you know, the, you know, farms that, you know, you partnered with your neighbors. And that's really how the help, you know, came about. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, you know, early on, and there may even still be some art around here, um, we had, you know, a picture of a barn raising. And this is honestly still how the Amish uh, do their community. They still do. They don't have, yeah. Yeah. They don't have insurance. And so it's the same concept of where everyone comes together to help you put that barn up. We're coming together and helping with the medical needs. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful, again, a even biblical understanding of how this can happen and how it does happen. And I think it's important to note that not only can it happen, but it is already in place and has been for well over 20 years now. Samaritan has been doing this, 
And there are people, to their shock and surprise, that are able to not only come out okay without having traditional insurance and all of the all of the things that go along with traditional insurance. I mean, let's face it. There was a day that that uh, there was this thing called group insurance. And if you were fortunate to work with a company like I did, the first TV station that I worked for, Joel, had a really wonderful, I think it was with Lincoln uh, Insurance okay. Group, if I remember correctly, uh, it was it was great. They provided everything with uh, no copay. And mm-hmm. when um, our first child to Cindy and me was born, my bill was five dollars. That's what I paid for our first child. Five. Yeah. And you know what that five dollars was for? It was for the newspaper that was delivered for the three days that Cindy was in the hospital. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say that insurance has changed just a little bit since 1977. So it's it's crazy right now, right? Yeah, it is. And I I mean, I can relate. I um, I grew up. you know, with a with a father at a Fortune 500 company, we didn't go to the doctor a lot, but it was the same way. I mean, we you know had really good insurance, and I mean, and um, my father-in-law same same company, and I mean, I remember when I you know first started here, my you know my father and father-in-law, you know, coming from this, you know, looking at this crazy young couple. And I know, you know, their initial thought was, oh, man, we're going to we're going to have to help these kids out with their medical bills. This isn't. And by the time they retired, they were asking me about Samaritan, like, OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, how's it work, you know, with with Medicare? Is there, you know, can I use this as, you know, uh, uh, an addition to Medicare? And they were, you know, they were sold after, you know, seeing it work. But I can relate. I mean, we're an insurance minded world and it's sometimes a step of faith to, you know, step away from that. Uh, but like you said, it's been, you know, 20 plus, nearly 20, 27 years now. Wow. And it's, um, you know, God, it's, God has been faithful and the members have been faithful to each other. Yeah. And that's really how it works. So it's closer to 30 years than 20 right now that you guys have been doing this. And it mm-hmm. does work. And we found out with uh, our own situation with my wife, who had Samaritan, uh, it not only worked, it worked surprisingly better. Uh, I believe we came out much better on those few times. Now, think, thankfully, she's healthy, and there weren't a lot mm-hmm. of needs that we had. And that would be the difference. A share is what you pay. A need mm-hmm. is what you receive in this. And we did have a couple of needs. And uh, to our surprise, uh, the benefits brought by those uh, the uh, other people's shares that were paid directly to us really did an amazing job of covering all of the the expenses. And so that was really a tremendous thing. And so it does work. It's been working for a long time. And we are putting this out here today because we can see from what we're being told here about the the upcoming Months ahead, there's going to be a lot of shock and awe, and we're not going to be talking about a foreign war here. It's going to be right here in our own pocket. Now, it is a war on our own pocketbook. I do believe that. I mean, we're seeing that happen all the time. There are going to be a lot of people who are upset and and really distraught, and we want to put the name Samaritan Ministries out there as a great source to examine and consider as an alternative. Now, tell us a little bit about something else that's quite important, and that is your accreditation board. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, just very recently, um, a uh, independent um, group called the Healthcare Sharing uh, Accreditation Board um, started, and it was, um, in a lot of ways, a long time coming. It was something that um, as a ministry, and we work um, closely with a lot of uh, the other ministries, what in you know, the secular world would even be competitors, um, on uh, issues that are uh, similar to all of us, especially in the legislative world. And accreditation was something that we were all desiring um, because uh, every once in a while, you know, a not so good actor, you know, might pop up. 
and we saw that in the last couple of years. There was there was one group um, that that came about and um, uh, didn't you know operate well, and a lot of news you know rose around that. And we'd been looking at accreditation there, and so um, when this uh, board started coming together, um, I mean we we worked with them, and uh, so did the other ministries. Uh, but again, it's um, independent. But it just allows um, an outside entity to um, accredit and look at the you know legal structure and the governance and the enrollment process, conflicts of interest, um, you know the uh, time that uh, needs are shared, and just a lot of different areas. And to be able to um, uh, show you know, the good groups out there and hopefully, you know, weed out any, any, you know, bad, bad actors. And mm-hmm. so we're super excited. This came about, we're, uh, at Samaritan just finishing up, um, you know, getting that, uh, sent in. I believe there's been one, one ministry that has sent their app in. Um, we, you know, we're just being really careful with it. Um, and, uh, I mean, the way the questions, uh, were asked, some of them, um, you know, there was like, we knew the spirit of the question, but we wanted to be, you know, really deliberate and, you know, answering it the way they wanted. So we were careful about, you know, adding some, you know, supplemental material. Like, we think you're asking this, uh, but, you know, we want to make sure that we're answering it correctly because, I mean, it was very important to be clear to them. And so we're excited um, to hopefully, you know, in the coming months uh, be accredited and, uh, you know, be able to, to have that seal of approval from an independent agency. And that really is nice, too, to have that, and that will be something that I think will give some of the newcomers who maybe haven't heard at all about the idea or the concept of sharing and Christian sharing, if that, what that means. So to have that will, uh, without a doubt, be a positive thing for what's ahead. What do you guys see happening uh, now beyond the uh, the accreditation process for Samaritan? What are you seeing happen now? How are you guys gearing up for what is, to be sure, a, a bit of an onslaught of phone calls that's going to happen when this these subsidies in? What are you guys doing to prepare for that? Yeah, I think one of the most important things we're preparing for, and we saw this when the ACA actually passed, because when the mandate in the ACA was in place, people were shopping for every everything out there um, because they were being forced uh, by the government to buy insurance or pay a penalty. So folks started looking at everything that was out there, and in the you know um, early days of the Obamacare, they started discovering. Uh, healthcare sharing ministries like Samaritan. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we were really careful about then, and we're going to be really careful about if these subsidies go away, is making sure people fully understand what healthcare sharing is, and it's not insurance, because we don't want people calling just um, wanting to find something quickly, and you know. I'm, you know, my insurance now is too inexpensive. I heard about this and, you know, just sign me up. Like, you know, all I see is, all I see is the dollar, dollar, you know, price point mm-hmm. and I don't care how it works or whatever. Uh, because those people don't, I mean, A, they don't stay. And then they're coming from an insurance world. Um, we don't always know what their expectations are. And so, the one thing that I've always been so proud of at Samaritan is the folks that talk to inquiries, they explain Samaritan. They never have a desire to sell Samaritan. And so they go out of their way to make sure that people completely understand that this is not insurance, that this is a community of believers that are sharing, and they take the time on every single call to help folks understand and not just rush through and not just, you know, you know, get them off the phone and signed up. And mm. so it's never about, you know, just getting them signed up or just selling. And so, I mean, they're, you know, salaried just like the rest of us. There's no, you know, financial incentive, you know, to, to get, you know, 10 people as opposed to five, you know, signed up that day. Yep. And so they're ministry minded and they love Samaritan and, they, you know, it's almost like inviting someone to your church. Like, I love this church, and I want you to, you know, to be part of this community. And they love Samaritan, and they want you to be part of the community that they're in. And so that's probably the biggest thing is just not rushing it as people are, you know, 
trying to get in quickly because of what happened with the subsidies. So we have all of these uh, people right now that that might be already peaked. Their interest is alerted. They're listening and they're thinking to themselves, man, I got to check this out. What advice would you give to people right now who are, are going to be hit with these uh, higher costs when the subsidies end in Obamacare? And they're going to be looking like what we did in 2018. What advice would you have for them? Sure. Um, so I would, you know, start with SamaritanMinistries.org uh, for those that are the uh, the reading type learners that, um, you know, like to read that type of thing. Um, start there. And then if you're not, you know, the reading type, and that's not me, um, I would call uh, the number that's there on the website and get connected to one of those folks that, that I mentioned before mm-hmm. and can can uh, talk you through it, answer your questions. And um, I'm sure there's yet to to be a question that they haven't heard. So whatever question you have, it's it's a good question, and it's a question that probably hundreds, if not thousands, of people have asked before you. And so go ahead and ask it, and and then you know call back again if you need to. You know when you talk to your spouse and they say, "What do you mean we're we're dropping insurance?" Yeah, <laughs> which, which right, happens. Right, right. Uh, Are you a little touched right. in the head? What are you doing? <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, and then get those questions uh, from your spouse that you didn't ask, and call back again and, and ask. Because it is, um, it's it's not insurance. And so people are used to insurance. And so um, they got to make that, um, you know, that switch in, in their mind to yeah. like, okay, so this, this is how it's going to be different. But on the other side of that, it's not as scary as it, as, as it sounds. And so um, the same things that uh, your insurance was helping with or, or covering in, in using an insurance term are going to be almost the same things that we're going to share. And so look at the guidelines. You know, if there's things you're definitely, you know, concerned about, you know, if you're, you're looking to start a family, ask about maternity, how that works. And it's, it's going to work um, the same, if maybe even better. That's right. And, uh, you know, the, the, then your insurance. And so, you know, ask about, ask, just ask the questions. And we love to hear it. And um, that's probably the best advice. Just ask a lot of questions. We've got 30 seconds left. Give scary. us that website, if you yep. will. Absolutely. SamaritanMinistries.org, and uh, you can find all the info there, guidelines, price, and anything you don't find. uh, There's a number on the website to call and get connected with someone live. Thank you, Joel. Joel Noble from Samaritan Ministries. And friends, thank you. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 